right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. Hitting record, I realized uh, we haven't done a cookie review in a while. I just uh, thought about that. Um, we need to get uh, back going with that. Unless you have another um, another food source. Yeah, that we should review. Yeah, I I, I don't. I, I would like. I, have we exhausted all the cookies, though, in this No, time? not even close. I don't okay. think so. Okay. I just need to remember to... I need to uh, remember to go buy them. Um, and I think most people who bake good cookies in our church are scared. They are to scared. have us review them. Some have actually said they want us to. Like Andrea Smedsamer, her cookie oh, business. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, come on. We do need to do those. She's She was like a little competitive too. Yeah. Those like, what are those, cinnamon... Yeah. Or what are those? Well, now they they have like, I think she has like maple. four or five now that yeah. are really, really good. Yeah, no, those cookies are fire. What are those? What is that? It's like the farmhouse cookie. What What's her business called? Cookie Barn? I think so. I think it's Cookie Barn. Cookie Barn Farmhouse Shiplap. <laughs> Lorena, Texas cookies. <laughs> we'll probably pull it up. Uh, fix uh, something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh-huh. So we're in a series on how to pick a church is what we're calling this series. I'm talking about how to think through if you were visiting churches, how do you pick a church? How do you evaluate and settle down at a church and, and know that it's a good place to settle down in? We'll probably at some point move in, in, in a direction of how do you really thrive at a church and yeah. talking at least in like a big picture. How do you really thrive at a church? Because when, once you get settled down at a church, you know if you've been settled down at a church here at Redeemer or your own church, you know there is conflict and mess. And once you get past the honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. so how do you actually stay, survive, thrive? Yeah. We'll maybe talk about that at some point. And then also want to touch on if you're at a church and you're starting to have some major issues or uh, conflict with the church, kind of in the big picture, maybe it's about beliefs or what they're preaching or something. How do you know when it rises to the level of leaving? And then how do you potentially leave in, in the best, most loving, respectful way possible? That's good. Um, I know Jeff would suggest just stand up during the sermon, in the middle of the sermon. and right. <laughs> That's right. Make your peace known. Yeah, the best way is just to leave a nice parting gift for the pastor. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best way. Um, all right, so what we're going to do uh, now is uh, the question, the main driving question for this episode. Uh, we, we've talked about the gospel being the big deal uh, at a church that that really kind of at a gut level, you're evaluating a church, whatever it might be, and what is that church about? I am deeply convicted from the scriptures that that answer must be the gospel. This church is about the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, and there's different ways to evaluate like how you maybe know that. Hmm. I think this episode will be helpful. Yeah. Driving question um, that, that I'll let you kick off and sure. we'll start talking about is if you could only evaluate one thing, so this is like a hypothetical world that yeah. doesn't actually exist, but if you could only evaluate one thing to determine, should I plant down at this local church and become a member, what would that thing be? Yeah, that's really good. So... So again, if this church is about one thing, ultimately every church should be about one thing, right? The, the gospel, good news, not good advice, uh, the power of God for a comprehensive salvation, uh, who Jesus is and what he's done, his person, his work, uh, that faith comes by hearing that 
if that's the engine, if the gospel's the engine, then the primary uh, form uh, of the gospel in a church is going to be the verbal power dynamic. And the verbal power dynamic is preaching, teaching, uh, speaking people back to life again. So that form is of utmost importance. That form should be the number one uh, aspect uh, of looking for a church. Uh, You should be settling in on the preaching, the teaching, uh, the verbal power of the church. Uh, Are they preaching, teaching, communicating, speaking people back to life again by the power of the gospel or not? Is faith coming by hearing, as, as Paul said, and Isaiah, hearing the words of Christ? Um, or is faith being sought to come about by something else uh, other than hearing? Uh, and that's probably where we could talk about even some of the other aspects of the church that are absolutely valuable, absolutely critical, but those aspects uh, have somehow possibly maybe replaced um, God's ordained power, verbal power, uh, or preaching and have replaced it as the way in which you find power. It's the engine by which you uh, have faith. It's the driving blood uh, stream or oxygen of the church. So we would say, I would say, preaching. Evaluate the preaching. Evaluate you, the preaching. If you could evaluate one thing, um, evaluate the preaching. How do you come to that conclusion in terms of the scriptures? I kind of know the answer. I'm trying to form the question that that pulls it out. Um, for instance, was Paul, the Apostle Paul, and the apostles, were they walking into towns like Corinth and Galatia and handing out New Testaments? And they were saying, hey, here's the gospel, read right. it. You know, in here, in this New Testament is the power of God for salvation. Kind of just maybe explore that a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, even like right there, that's great. We'll start with Paul, where Paul talks about, uh, you know, where is God in the world? Where is God in your life? How do you know that God is um, real and present? Where's his personal active presence in your life, in your relationships, and in the world? Uh, he starts that famous passage in Romans 10, right, where he talks about how will they how will they know? How will you know God? How, how do you know God's active and at work and relevant and present in your life and in the world? And the answer was, they need a preacher. Mm-hmm. The answer from Paul was, God breaks into this world, uh, his present active uh, vitality and energy and who he is and what he's done is through the preacher, and it's through preaching, it's through hearing. In fact, Paul goes on to say, how will they uh, trust in that person of whom they've not heard? And it's fascinating that, that scholars have wrestled over that, that genitive there. Is it of whom they've heard? In other words, they need information about Jesus. Uh, that's the power. Uh, or do they actually hear Jesus in the communication? And uh, I think it's that part. I think that what Paul is saying that Jesus shows up in gospel communication. Jesus shows up in preaching, preaching about Jesus and his salvation. He shows up, and when he shows up, 
uh, hearing happens, mm -hmm. faith happens, change on the spot happens, and that's the engine for everything. That's the engine for community. That's the engine for worship. Mm -hmm. That's the engine for your music. That's the engine for mission. That's, that's the engine for all the ministries, the little satellites that orbit that particular sun. That's the big one. So I think it was, sometimes I forget, uh, my brain is a little foggy when I hit record and the bright lights turn on, but uh, it was, uh, I think it was Luther, maybe who said something to the effect that, that the preacher is the mouthpiece of God, the prophet. I, I think he was talking about, you know, Christian church preachers preaching yeah. the Bible, they're the mouthpiece right. of God. Is either Calvin or Luther? I can't yeah, remember. Probably both, honestly. Um, so, you know, and his point was not that a sermon is an additional, uh, in addition to uh, the Bible as some inspired, inerrant um, word of God, but it is God at work speaking to his people hmm. insofar as this preacher is is preaching the Bible. I think this is so important because we're so used to having the Bible, and I've been in church contexts where it seemed as though... The church community and maybe even the leaders had a hard time uh, honestly justifying or explaining the point of of coming together on a Sunday and hearing a sermon. Because it's like, hey, if we all have Bibles and we're doing small groups during the week and studying the Bible, and then we're all sitting in these Bible studies. And you're having your quiet time. And, we're, and I'm having my own personal quiet time every mm -hmm. day with my own Bible. Why in the world would I show up to hear you preach? Yeah. And so that's kind of why I tried to ask that question, which I didn't do a great job of, of trying to show that, that the New Testament, especially, and obviously we could talk about preaching in the Old Testament, but just the New Testament, so much of the time when it talks about the Word of God, yeah. our mind immediately goes to the written scriptures. Yes. Whereas a lot of times it's referring to the preached Word. Word. Yeah. When they would roll up into a town and they would preach the word, and then Paul would say things like, let me remind you of what I preached to you, yeah. and how God, the Holy Spirit, showed up, worked through that preaching to give you faith. And that's what that's so fascinating, because again, it's verbal power. It's God saying, let there be light, right? The speech mm -hmm. act. Um, and it makes absolute sense that he had packed uh, the verbal power of preaching a speech act, a human speech act that's also a divine speech act uh, with so much power and put literally everything on it. Um, it's amazing to think about. Luther was so captivated by the fact that God left his word for us and that that word, wherever that word was, was God breaking into the world and breaking into your life. And then uh, it's extra clear that he says that uh, it's actually one that's been called by God to open up that word and verbally proclaim that word that becomes this verbal power of God, this that has divine life and divine power in the gospel through the instrument of preaching. It's fascinating mm -hmm. that God actually plants uh, imperishable seeds into the hearts of people through hearing, faith comes by hearing, as Paul mm -hmm. says, the word of Christ. Jesus shows up through the preaching and the hearing of the scriptures. So I think it's, again, verbal power is a big deal. And so I, what comes to my mind, though, is uh, I don't know if we necessarily see preaching that way today. I don't know if we right. necessarily, and even, um, I'm not sure that the, the preaching that when I would go to, uh, that I would be like, oh, man, that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to hear every Sunday, too. So I think there's also uh, maybe a disconnect not only in content um, of what's being preached that can lend itself to not 
having verbal power, mm-hmm. but also a conviction that preaching is just one of many things that the church right. does, um, as opposed to uh, the form by which the gospel, that is the everything in the church, is what makes a church. It's how churches happen, it's how churches continue, it's how churches do anything is because of the gospel, that the primary form of that gospel getting into people's lives, of reaching and renewing people, is by hearing, it's by the verbal power of a preacher, teacher, communicator, someone speaking them back to life again. So for me, I think of two things. I think I think of the content of the preaching might not lend itself to much verbal power today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then even because of that, the less and less emphasis is put on preaching today because it doesn't seem to have much verbal power. Other things seem to be the place by which you find power, by which you experience Jesus today. From small groups to quiet times to uh, some mission, uh, some ministry, uh, music seems to be a major place. Community seems to be a major place that power and experience in the Christian life are, are more emphasized today. So, so a couple, couple things. You and I are both kind of uh, like preaching nerds. Like we love to think about, talk about preaching, and not ever, not everyone is necessarily weird like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as you were talking, a couple thoughts came to my mind, and one was um, that y- y- it, one way of saying what you just said, which is not a lot of people view preaching this way. Well, it's it's kind of like saying a lot of people answer this question different. We're saying the number one thing to evaluate is preaching. A lot of people would say, no, it's something else. And so essentially what we're saying is the preaching is going to be the most powerful shaping force in a church. Um, I used to hear the phrase, the pulpit drives the church. So no matter no matter what you, no matter how the preacher even views his own preaching, um, no matter what he's saying, the preaching of the church week in and week out is going to shape and drive the rest of the church, period. I'm t- I am totally believe that. I see that experientially, um, and I believe it biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you were just saying was uh, about the content, too, it's interesting because it made me think, because um, c- I want to roll into talking about the content of preaching, but uh, preaching can be powerful in two very different ways, Yes. right? Right. Preaching can be very powerful in the way that you talk about it, which is preaching someone back to life again. Mm-hmm. Preaching can be very powerful in driving people into smashing them into the ground. Putting a corpse in a tomb. Yeah. Which is why, in, and, and I think when you, you know, you look at how the church can really mess things up in the pulpit, uh, this is why um, a lot of people, to a certain degree, think, don't preach at me. Oh, you're getting all preachy. Yeah. Preaching, the word pre- preach, sermons have this negative, this inherent negative uh, uh, aspect in a lot of people's minds. Yes. And some of that could be, uh, you know, uh, conviction of sin that people don't like. That's yeah. legit. Some of it, a lot of the blame could be laid at the feet of preachers in terms of the content of their preaching, that, yeah. that the content of their preaching and the aim of their preaching every week, whether they know it or not, really is resulting in just smashing people into the ground. So I want you to talk about, you know, you preach every week. Um, how does someone go, okay, I, I'm on board with evaluate the preaching. Great. What's the first thing about the content that I should be looking for 
in terms of if I should settle down here? Yeah, there's two things. One, I, I, I want to respond to Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said that the most dangerous place on the planet is the pulpit every Sunday hmm. and that the world changes every Sunday. That's a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. That the, If you want to change the world, preach. That's what, you know, he's called the last Puritan. Uh, it was said of Knox that he was just, nobody wanted him. The queen, I guess he and the queen had quite a relationship. But what he would, she wanted to know when he got into the pulpit. She was afraid of when he got in the pulpit because things, epic, cosmic things happened. The world changed on Sunday in preaching. So, okay, that's one thing I wanted to say. The other is this. So, yes, you, as a preacher, you're either speaking people back to life again or you're planting them in the grave. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, um, even almost there's an, first there was an indifference to preaching. Uh, then there became an indifference. And then it, this notion today that it's irrelevant, that other things are more significant. There's other places to look for in the church that are, it's where you'll have your power. It's where you'll experience Jesus. Um, and then I think there's even a little bit of a hostility that's kind of even creeped in into preaching. And I think it's all legit because I think most of the content of preaching today is moralistic. Mm-hmm. I think most of it is good advice. Mm-hmm. It's not good news, it's good advice. Uh, and that's why I, preaching has a bad rap, but I think it deserves its bad rap. And I, I almost want to say, you're right, let's de-emphasize preaching because it's so moralistic. Uh, but at the same time, I want to say, but no, because that's not biblical preaching. Uh, biblical preaching is gospel preaching. Biblical preaching is you being spoken back to life. And that uh, is the power of God, uh, not just for the unbeliever, but for the believer. And not just for the seasoned uh, well, for the seasoned saint as well as uh, the one that's not very seasoned. So the content is huge, and that's why we say good news, not good advice. We also say we experience Jesus with the Bible um, as opposed to experiencing Jesus with a biblical principle or experiencing Jesus with a how-to or experiencing Jesus with 10 steps to whatever uh, or five steps to a better marriage or how to handle your money. Uh, these are all, or be like Moses and be like David, and I guess don't be like so-and-so in this text. Uh, that's all moralistic preaching. That's Jesus as example. Uh, that's not Jesus as Savior. Mm-hmm. And Jesus as Savior is the power of God for a comprehensive salvation, one that faith comes by hearing about that Jesus. As Paul would say, I know nothing, nothing, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I know nothing but Jesus Christ, Savior, not Jesus Christ, wonder teacher, miracle worker, uh, spiritual uh, guide, uh, or fully God-conscious man, Savior. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, the content of preaching needs to be Jesus and his salvation. And that's where things can get a little more uh, exciting. Uh, divine energies uh, are released and experienced and encountered in that kind of preaching. And that would restore preaching back to its proper place, I mm-hmm. think. That if we reclaimed the centrality of preaching Christ, 
uh, not just saying that you believe in him, but preaching him from every text, mm-hmm. experiencing him and his salvation in every text, mm-hmm. making every connection to every kind of imperative or command to Jesus and his salvation is radically different than just wrapping it up at the end with a, a, a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know who he is from that text. Mm-hmm. So those are some thoughts I have immediately. So this, all this stuff is fresh in my mind because last night I taught our membership class and we talked all about how Redeemer is striving to be about Christ and, um, and particularly Christ as who he is, which is principally, first and foremost, Savior. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, I knew nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. Later on in 15, chapter 15, he says the gospels of first importance good news of first importance that Christ died, was buried, and rose. And um, Galatians uh, 2, Paul says, okay, you ask the Apostle Paul, Paul, what's your focus in life? What are you looking for in preaching? Well, he goes, all the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Apostle Paul, right, um, who we would all just you know, if we could have a moment with him, you know, it'd be like, tell us the deep divine secrets, you know, he's like, this is my life. This is what dominates my thinking is Christ in him crucified. It is Jesus loves me. This I know he died for me. He loves me. This is, this is everything. This is everything to me. This is my life as an apostle. Right. Um, and so that's what, that's what we need to be hearing from, uh, from the scriptures. And you said, you said from every text, the idea is not, the idea is not, okay, yeah, when you say gospel, we're talking about the evangelistic message for unbelievers. So are you saying do a topical series on the gospel? No, we're saying the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is this unfolding story that orbits around, points to, centers on uh, Christ and him crucified, God saving sinners. So again, this was everything I was telling uh, the group last night was, our role, like the way we identify in the Bible is the needy, desperate people. Um, and God's uh, supreme role in what we see him doing in the Bible is saving sinners. You know, and I told everyone last night, I said, yes, God is the judge. Yes, there is a real thing called condemnation and heaven and hell. But the center of the Bible, the message right now, if you're breathing, is God loves you and sent Jesus for you, and mm-hmm. he's on a rescue mission, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. he, he is He is compassionate towards yeah. sinners, you know. And, and I was sharing with, mm-hmm. these, with, with you this with you the other day of uh, reading some, I think it's Thomas Goodwin and uh, maybe another Puritan, and, and both of them were saying, you know, if anything, your sin that you think is just arousing God's anger, if anything, makes him more compassionate. I mean, that's the kind of God that we have in the Bible. And so that's the kind of God that should be portrayed and thundering down from the pulpit is this merciful, steadfast love, um, uh, God of love and mercy and grace. And so, so anyway, these are just kind of my, my thoughts of when you're, when you're evaluating the preaching, the the, the pulpit is going to shape and drive the church period it doesn't even matter if the church says, no, we don't think it does. It just does. Yeah. And there's really two options. One is it's going to be the major theme of the law, which will turn into moralism. Um, it's just the major theme of the law because you and I both believe, yes, the law is in the Bible and should be preached. 
Um, the major theme of the Bible, the major note, though, is that God is saving and saves lawbreakers. Um, and so, anyway, preaching through the whole book of the, all the books of the Bible, yeah. majoring on Jesus again. This is all fresh in my mind from last yeah. night, where I said, you know, th- this is kind of an example of of David and Goliath is a classic example to use, like from the pulpit at your church or the table or the stool or whatever the person's using, right? <laughs> um, uh, is David and Goliath? Hey, you know, here's three principles for how to become more like David. Which those could be true, by the way, or is the story, hey, see how God just used one man to save his people. You know, we see that happen, that God send, God the Father sends one man, Jesus, to save his people. Yeah. That's what's going on mm-hmm. throughout the Bible. And so that's what, you know, I, I tell, it's like, I, I want to tell all Christians, like, never stop demanding that. Never apologize for demanding good news from the sermons and from every book of the Bible preached. Demand that, never compromise it. It's so important because the gospel that we're talking about right now, uh, Jesus and his salvation, or grace, right? Um, This is so important because the gospel is not natural territory. Mm -hmm. It's not not concepts, ideas, thoughts— um, realities, uh, truth that you are going to find inside of you or inside another person. Uh, it's not inside of us. It's completely outside of us. It's an outside-in invasion. And so we need an outside-in invasion. We need the proclamation. We need Jesus to show up. We need God to break into our lives. And he does so through the, the gospel preaching, uh, hearing, as Paul would say. And so that is a uh, a hearing, outer, extra, uh, alien kind of message that we can't fathom and we can't conceptualize and come up with, uh, that God loves sinners um, mm-hmm. and that he loves me that way and that when, when I'm mean, he loves me in my meanness. That is nowhere inside of us, mm-hmm. and that is nowhere that we will naturally think of and feel but that is the power of the gospel coming from the outside to us. And so uh, that's why the gospel is running through. It is the, uh, the word of the word running through all aspects from Genesis to Revelation. And the preacher's job is actually to display from that text a specific aspect of Jesus and his salvation that's being revealed in that text whether it's Leviticus or whether it's Revelation or Paul or an explicit passage. Um, And that's the kind of preaching that you want yourself and your loved ones and your family, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren to be a part because that's, that's everything. The church is built on that. The church advances on that. The church is healthy because of that. There is a church because there's gospel preaching. Otherwise, there there isn't. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people just, um, or or I should say, it, probably the most common thing people say a lot when they talk about their church um, is is a lot of times it's it's they're unhappy with the preaching, and um, I think that a lot of, a big tension for a lot of people today today, and I know this could change um, this can change, but at least today in my experience is people are willing to compromise on the preaching 
for music or for community. That's been my experience a lot of times. And a lot of times it comes out like I'm talking to a friend or whoever it is and they're like, man, the preaching's not very good. And and by that they don't, they're not just saying like stylistically, it's a content thing, right? It's not very good, but the music is killing bomb. Yeah. Uh, or it's, man, like I don't really like the preaching and honestly even some of the beliefs seem a little weird, but just the community's amazing. Yeah. And that well runs dry period like that ends uh that ends at a brick wall it ends at a brick wall in two weeks from now or or 10 years from now um because uh something like music or community does not in god's design have the power in place that preaching does and so just as like a quick note wanted to throw it in this episode to say that if you've got good gospel, biblical, Bible preaching happening on Sunday, and um, and uh, and like the community's terrible, and even kind of people are kind of mean, well, if we've got good Bible preaching going on, let's give it some time, yeah. you know, because we've actually have the foundation to address that. Yeah. But if you have unbiblical, bad content, moralistic preaching, but just everyone is so friendly. Uh, community, like th- there's no guarantee that community is going to change the preaching. The preaching will change the community. Yes. It has to, but there's no guarantee that it's going to work backwards. Yes. So that's what's so devastating about compromising preaching for something like good community or compromising preaching for good music is that the preaching will affect the music. It'll affect community, but it won't work the other way. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah cause the engine that produces the effects is huge fruit comes from a root Uh, the gospel is center it's the engine it's the root and god had given a form a particular aspect uh, by which that was that verbal power or that message was to be communicated and heard in its preaching and so that's that's why the church historically particularly protestants historically have said that this is the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the only piece, but it's the centerpiece. Yeah. It's the engine. Um, it's the cause that produces all the effects that you would like to see in a full, healthy um, community of people that are learning to build their messy lives around Jesus and his salvation and their relationships, that are uh, learning uh, to worship God because of the gospel and are not only connecting to God because of the gospel, learning to connect with each other because of the gospel, but connecting to a mission, a gospel mission in their homes, in their communities, and in their city because of the gospel. And uh, preaching is the primary vehicle that all that happens. And if it doesn't, uh, if the gospel is not there, these things all fall to pieces no matter how healthy they appear at the moment. Or um, they will reveal themselves to be incredibly shallow. Yeah. Because you can only be so friendly. Yeah. yeah. And really have depth to that friendship, and only the gospel can actually take us there. Yeah. You can only have depth to your worship music because the gospel is taking you there, not the music itself. Uh, and not even the the theology of what you're singing without the gospel, it will all ring shallow. Yeah, 
That's such a great point. That's such a great point. I wanted to end, but just want to highlight that, 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 that how you said that of no matter how great and healthy the community looks now, or the music looks now, if the foundation is not good biblical gospel preaching, um, man, just wait and see what, what potentially is going to happen. Something really good is going to be turned into something really bad mm-hmm. because it's being given a, a place of primacy that it, that it shouldn't have to, to shape and drive the whole church. And it's just not going to, and it doesn't yeah. have the foundation. It's not going to sustain. So, all right. Hope this is helpful. Again, this was a hypothetical world. If you could only evaluate one thing. So there, um, there are other things we are going to talk uh, more about, a church's beliefs, music, leadership structure, even getting into community and membership and stuff like that. Again, I know some of that may sound like, oh, that sounds pretty uh, boring. I'll wait till the next podcast series. <laughs> hey, it might be, okay? You get what you paid for. But um, hopefully we'll, that we'll, I want to make all this touch the ground where the, where the average person like me is maybe going to a church and I've been through this process and I'm evaluating. Like, how do I evaluate the beliefs of a church? Like, where do I even go? Where do I even start? You know? Um, well, don't start at a Mormon church. Okay. There's tip number one. Um, how do I evaluate music or leadership or denomination, whatever? We'll get into all of that. So um, until next time, uh, I guarantee a cookie review. Ooh. I guarantee a cookie you review. Guarantee. Yeah. On the next episode. <laughs>